in some things. All right, let's get into this message on this faith. Uh, you can turn your Bibles to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. And this is our foundational scripture for what we've been talking about. Because every time we, at this church, you know, we try to build on messages, not, you know, tell you one thing and then, then two years later we're talking about faith and it's like a, a whole other angle. It should, it should be a level of consistency. Um, just like, you know, when you start talking about maths, the numbers don't change. One plus one is always two. You know what I'm saying? Uh, one comes after two, three comes, you know, I'm sorry, one comes before two, three comes after two. It doesn't change as years goes by. It's the same thing. So the words should be the same thing. It should build on each other and it should be a level of consistency. All right, so Hebrews uh, 11, verse 1. I know this scripture is pretty familiar to some. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I'll read verse 2. It says, for by it, faith, uh, the elders obtained a good report. All right, so the uh, New American Standard says this. Now, faith is the substance or the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. So as we navigate through this life, if we only are going to make decisions based on what we see, we're going to be frustrated. Because normally you see the worst case scenarios, the circumstances, things that you don't like. But if we're only going to make decisions based on what we see um, and not going to believe what we can see, we're going to find ourselves in trouble. I want to read this out of the message because I thought it really spoke to what we want to talk about. It says, the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God and this faith, it says this faith, so instead of saying noun faith, as the King James says, the message says this faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth, worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguishes our ancestors, sets them above the crowd. All right? All right, so it's talking about this faith. So noun faith is this faith. And so... We've been talking about the four pillars of faith for years at this church. And the number one is Romans 12, 3. It says, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So we all have a measure of faith. And, of course, we've been talking about that for, uh, talking about this for a couple of weeks now, that that measure is that faith that's in us, right? But, but just having that faith in us is not enough, right? Right? We, want, we don't want it in us. We want it resurrected. So the Bible says, Faith comes up or resurrects by hearing and hearing by the word of God or understanding and understanding by the word of God. That's Romans 10, 17. So now I don't just have the, the measure of faith in me. I've brought it to the surface. But when I bring it to the surface, I don't just need it at the surface just sitting there. I need to activate it. So the Bible says faith works by love. Love activates it or ignites, ignites it. And that's Galatians 5, 6. So we have the faith in us, resurrected, and then activated, but we, we just don't want to activate it in a moment, you know, it's, so it's not, you know, and that's, that's the thing. Sometimes we, we have enough faith to, to accept Jesus, and that's it, and then we go through the honeymoon stage, and things start going crazy, and we realize, we're going to learn this in Bible school, we realize that we agreed to follow him, 
but we didn't do what it takes to abide in him. So Jesus is not saying come just for a visit. He's saying come and stay. Now it's going to take living by, by faith to come and stay. Because once I start, before I was coming to Christ, I was on the devil's team. So I got some success, maybe not fulfillment, but he just was kind of, you know, we talked about this uh, on Wednesday. They got to give you something to trap you. So he gives us enough just to trap us, but not enough will, will be fulfilled. Well, the Bible says in Romans 1.17, the just shall live by faith. And so, so living by faith is, is how we want to operate. And so that's when we cross over from that faith that we got as a measure into this faith where we're living by faith. So it's not just having faith moments, it's having a faith life. And honestly, even, even most Christians have not experienced anything that took faith. Not because people are evil, it's just you can't control it. And we've been trained to only deal with things we can control. And sometimes we don't realize because of our design, we're actually rejecting faith with our statements like, I believe it when I see it. Or I don't believe that. Well, then there's no faith in operating. There's no faith activated. No faith lenses get put on. So you're not going to see beyond the present circumstances. So that makes sense? Right? And that's just a review of what we've been talking about, you know, and... Uh, going from, well, let's go to Romans 117 since I ended there so we can be on the same page here. Romans 117. And I'm reading this out of the King James Version. Just give everybody a minute. Verse 17, it says this. This is for therein is the righteousness of God revealed, look, from faith to faith. So that means I'm at a station of faith, but I evolve into another level of faith, right? So it says, as is written, the just shall live by faith. So it says from faith to faith. So, so, so as we've been talking, the, the, the faith that we start out, that's that faith, that measure that you have. But we want to go from that faith to as we see in our, our diagram, to this faith. See, this faith is different. See, God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. You know, even in the scripture, when he was talking to the guy that was blind, uh, blind he says, uh, might have been blind, whatever the infirmity, he said, uh, he says, I believe, help my unbelief, right? You know, uh, they was following him, they was like, increase our faith. So, so there, there is a level of faith we operate in. You now, when you have Bible faith, we talk about this in our living faith class in discipleship. Bible, I'm sorry, you have a natural faith. I'm sorry. Natural faith. That natural faith has everyone sitting on those chairs, not expecting them to collapse. See, I, I didn't, I, you don't have to tell me. Nobody came in and when they met the usher and says, okay, uh, you know, I understand that I have to sit down on these seats, but do you have a warranty for the seats? Uh, I just need the specs on the seats so I know if they can handle, what's the poundage that they can carry? Nobody does. We just go sit down. Some of us drove here over bridges. But now one time, you didn't know the guys that made it. You don't know what's the quality of the cement or the metal, but you sure drove over that bridge. 
you know, with no hesitation unless you're Cynthia. You know, <laughs> Cynthia don't like bridges, right? Right? But you drove over that bridge. What? You used a level of faith, right? So we operate in faith all the time. We go to work all the time. How do you know it's not going to close down after you done did all your work and you ain't getting paid? There are people that have come to their jobs, you know, after working and showed up and the whole, he just raised his hand, and the whole job was shut down, right? So, but we show up all the time by faith, believing they're going to get us a check. So, again, we have a measure of, of faith already that we operate in. You use faith to believe the person that broke your heart ain't going to break your heart again, Right? <laughs> Y'all ain't like that one example? Go back to the other one? Okay, all right, all right, all right. My bad. My bad. <laughs> you ain't had to go there. Just re- but, 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 I'm, so, so, but that's not this Bible faith or this faith we're talking about. That's that faith, right? This faith is, uh, manifests things that we couldn't ordinarily do in our own natural being. We couldn't... Uh, you know, Stella having stage four cancer, stage three cancer, uh, uh, having a, a stroke. Okay, that faith is not going to do nothing with that. She needed healing, right? She needed this faith. Remember with the, the woman with the issue, it said that she had spent 12 years, she spent all she had on physicians. Everything she had. To spend all you have, you know how we are with money, right? On physicians, you have some level of faith believing that the money spent is going to get you the healing you're looking for, right? right? And it says she grew worse because that faith wasn't going to get her healing. But when she heard about Jesus coming into the town and healing everybody, going to the other side, she started to stir up. If he just come back, I'm just going, I heard some people just touched him because they were thronging at his clothes. People was getting healed. And so he said, let's go to the other side. He was taking out the demonic hierarchy. That's when he met the 2,000 demons. Then after he did that, he said, let's go back to the other side. And when he came back to the other side, he came back in the town that he had left. She was like, if I can touch him, if I can just touch him. And so, so she touched him. And Jesus said, who touched me? And the disciples said, everybody. Everybody, what do you mean who touched you? Can't you see all these people touching you? He said, no, 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 no. These people are touching me with that faith, but somebody touched me with this faith. Right? Because he said virtue came out of him. So a whole lot of people was touching him, but not too many people were operating in this faith. Right? And that's what took place with the young lady. So that's what we're talking about. See, it's kind of... That faith applied to this faith revelation. You know, because once you start to see how God operates, you start to believe for things that normally your natural mind would go, well, that's not possible. Well, no one's done that. Based on all the, the, the calculated expectations, this can't be done. Why would I even apply for that job? I don't qualify. You know, why would I try for that team? Why would I start that business? Why would I move to Charlotte, North Carolina with $1,625 with just me and my wife to start a church? And I, we were interviewed. A guy said, uh, good, great, good friend of ours. He was like, so uh, Keith, he was like, so you, uh, 
you got, you got, you got, you got like a congregation of people out there? I said, nah. Y'all got a building? I said, nope. He said, you got money? I was like, no. He said, Keith, man, come on, man, come on. So now he started to, to speak with concern. He really cared about me. And when, when we talked later, uh, he came out, he's come out here quite often, but he came out here a few years ago, and I brought it up. I said, you remember that time you were talking to me? And I said, man, you really sounded concerned. And I said, respectfully, you were responding to something, and I, I said within 16 seconds, 16 minutes, I said, that we have been praying about for 16 years, right? So we had to hold on to our faith until God wanted to make the exchange. So we couldn't just have faith in a moment. Remember, faith is an enduring belief. It's not just something you have in a moment. It's a faith life, not faith moment. So a lot of times if the circumstances aren't favorable, we go, okay, well, I don't need faith. Oh, no, no, you need faith. Regardless of the circumstances, regardless of how it looks and how long it takes, you need faith to have an exchange. Suppose that young lady didn't have faith when Jesus showed up because she had went through all the circumstances, right? So it's an, faith is an enduring belief. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, right? So it's this faith found in its season of usefulness. So I have to hold on to that faith until it's time for me to make the exchange for what God has for me. That's why the Bible says, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith. That means you have to still be in faith. Think about it. He's going to show up and some people would have left the faith, fallen away from the faith. So, so while people are being taken with Jesus, they're going to miss the boat because they didn't hold on to their faith. They didn't have an enduring belief. They didn't live by faith, right? They, they just had faith in the moment when they first heard about Christ and the fact that eventually they'll have a resurrection and spend time with them in heaven. But as soon as circumstances, when affliction and persecution arise for the word's sake, that word that resurrects the faith, it says they were offended. And, and it says many fell away. Remember, there were people following Jesus and it said, after he said where he was going to the cross, it said many fell away and never followed him again. And they were disciples. They weren't just like somebody just heard about Christ. These guys saw all types of signs and wonders and miracles, right? And so, so that's why it's, it's an enduring belief. Now, think about it. Uh, you could write this down so you can study it out yourself because I don't, I don't want you to take my word for it. But Joshua 6, 1 through 20. When you get a chance, just read through that story. And, and it's, see, we sometimes read the Bible like they're fairy tales, like they're cartoons. But it's actually a reality. These things actually happen, but you got to be looking through faith lenses. So here they go to, they finally, remember now, they were in the wilderness for how long? 40 years, right? But how long was the actual journey supposed to take? How about 11 days? Two weeks, 11 days. I'm going to give you 11 days, so just in case somebody out there, uh, seminary, be like, it wasn't 14 days, it was 11. See, he's a false prophet, right? So, <laughs> it's real, it's how they do it now. Um, so, 
So now 11-day journey takes them 40, 40 years because, again, they're running around in circles because they're not in communion with God, right? And so eventually they, they realize they need God. God tells them to go to the mountain, but, but the goal wasn't a mountain. So listen, sometimes you're running around in circles because you're not with God. Sometimes you get back with God. Where he sends you, it doesn't look like he's sending you where you need to go. But he's sending you to where you can see where you need to go. Because when they, they elevated to the mountain and they were able to see Jericho, right? right? But they had to have faith that, now why are we going up on top of this mountain? This don't look like no promised land to me. This is what we do, right? I thought we was going to the promised land. So, you know, I guess you guarantee somebody on the mountain going, man, we climbing this mountain. First of all, I'm tired. We done been in this wilderness all the time. And so, is this a punishment? No, 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 no. He's... T- by faith, you climb in a mountain that don't look like it's in the direction of where you're going. Then they get to the mountain and they can see Jericho. So you think, we're done now. Now we see Jericho. Hey, there it is. Over there. Let's go. You know, so now they, go to, they have to go to Jericho. But the thing was, they had to go possess the land. So some people was like, you know, remember when they spied the land, it was like, there's giants there. There's a, what are we going to do? Oh, my God, what are we going to do? We're going to need help. Right? So, they, <laughs> so, 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 anyway, they go, and now this, this is where the faith kicks in. Because you figure, okay, yo, you got your sword? I got my sword. Yo, you got your weapons? I got my weapons. Because no, you got some people like, yo, we're going to do this. Yo, we're going to do this. Man, God said that's our property. You know, Joshua and Caleb, man, they said we well able to take the land. What? Yo, we, you ready? So, you know, people getting pumped up. God goes, okay, so this is what you're going to do. You're going to walk around the city. You're going to praise me and play, play your horn. We done went all this journey to get to Jericho to be walking around the city. I, I was tired on the mountain. We already walked circles in the wilderness. Now we got to walk around the city? He said, oh, no, no. You don't have to walk around the city. You have to walk around the city seven times. So you go around once. Now we're not talking about walking around this building. We're talking about walking around a city. See, we don't be thinking about this stuff, man. That's walled up. So you can't see on the other side. So why are you walking? They could throw rocks on your head or whatever. You know, I mean, they could attack you. You know, you walk around praising the Lord. By the time they get around the seventh time and blow that horn, the walls fell. So do you understand why you have to have faith, this faith, and it's an enduring belief? Because this faith is going to have you keep going around seven times. That faith, you may go around once and go, ain't nothing happened. And some people ain't going to say, ain't nothing happened. Some people are going to start banging on doors. You know, they're going to, they're going to start to kick it in. Maybe God really wanted us to. So it takes this faith to have the patience, right? Remember, they, uh, they, uh, one of the prophets that stopped the rain, right? So he's come back in town, and so now it's time for it to rain. So he sent the servant out to look for rain seven times. See, this faith can, can try seven times. 
Remember, remember, uh, was it Naaman had that faith and didn't even want to dip in the water. Man, what I look like dipping in that dirty water? And his, one of his boys was like, so if he told you to jump off a cliff, what, did you want to do that? Man, he just told you to dip in the water. Who cares if it's the dirty Jordan? Man, dip in the water. And he had to dip seven times. And he's like, why? Why can't it just be one? See, because you need this faith. The circumstance shouldn't make a difference, right? Our faith has been measured by circumstance, and it shouldn't be. What did God tell you? Operate in this faith. And it's, again, it's an enduring belief. But I just want to give you the, the, just, just the, the uh, 1 Kings 18, 43 through 46. I'm going to read it out of the classic Amplified version, okay? 1 Kings 18, 43 through 46. And said to a servant, go up now and look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. <laughs> Elijah said, go again seven times. And at the seventh time, the servant said, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising out of the sea. And Elijah said, go up and say to Ahab, hit your chariot and go down, lest the rain stop you. And in a little while, the heavens were black and the wind, the wind swept clouds and there was a great rain. And Ahab went to Jezreel and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. He girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel nearly 20 miles. Do you understand that? Like, so, so not only did the man of God tell him, go, and seven times it's going to be rain, told him, you know, hold your horses. Ahab takes off to Jezreel. He outruns him by foot. See, it's hard to believe, but the hand of the Lord was upon him. He was operating in this faith, not that faith, right? He was operating in this faith, Right? Remember when they was fishing, Jesus said, let me use your boat because they, they couldn't catch nothing. And then he says, oh, go back out there. Launch back out into the deep. So we're going to go all the way back out into the middle of the water. We professional fishermen. He says, go back out into the deep. So they only took a boat. If they, if they were walking in this faith, they were like, listen, y'all, hey, everybody got boats. Jesus said, let's go back out to the deep. They went out and they had so much fish it overtook the boat. They had to call for people desperately. Hey, yo, bring your boats. Bring your boats. We got too many fish. It says the nets broke. Those nets didn't break. It wasn't fish net like, you know, like, like, like we wear stockings and stuff. This was stuff that was secured for an abundance of fish. But it was so much fish, it broke the nets, right? That's crossing over to this faith, right? The Bible says, be not weary and well-doing. So, again, when we have that faith, we're going to be in situations where we'll be tempted to be weary, but that's just testing that faith so you can cross over into this faith. That's Galatians 6, 9. Uh, Galatians, uh, Romans 8, 18 says, the sufferings of this present time are worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. So, we're operating in that faith, and, and we go through tests and trials or seemingly suffering, and we go, well, I don't understand. I'm with God now. Why is this happening? He's saying, oh, don't worry. The sufferings of this present time aren't worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in you. Just walk in this faith, right? 
He says, your light affliction is but for a moment in time, but working for you a far more exceeding weight of glory, 2 Corinthians 4, 17, right? Just walk in this faith. But we shrink sometimes because we think as men and women of God, circumstances won't happen. The circumstances happen, but we're not supposed to be looking at the circumstances. We're supposed to be looking through the circumstances. But it takes this faith lenses to see through the circumstances. That's why we're desperate. That's why we're hustling. That's why we don't have time with God. Because everything we're doing is with our hands. We were talking about it this morning, surrendering your bodies. And a uh, guy from Indonesia had this prayer. He said, Lord, here, take my eyes. Look at what you want to look at. Take my hands. Work work what you want to work. Take my feet. Walk where you want to walk. What he's saying is, I pray that prayer to surrender my body. But we got our hands, we got our eyes, we got our mind, we got our feet. We're doing what we want to do with it. But God, is, the price has been paid for us. Our life is not our own. We've been bought with a price. So a lot of times we're running on a hamster through a wheel because we're not walking in this faith. We're not using this faith at all. We may have that faith in our own self-confidence, but we're supposed to have confidence in God. Right? Does that make sense? A little bit, at least? Right. See, sometimes we haven't spent or exhausted that faith, that measure of faith, to manifest this faith or the, of the miracles God wants, wants in our life. People change because they watch the miracles that flow in your life. Can you, if you don't want to believe for yourself, can you believe for somebody else? Has anybody ever, see, you, we want people to believe in us because we're eloquent or because we're knowledgeable. But people are watching your life. They don't see nothing on your life different from anybody else. But when they start to see God, people want to be around you and they want to follow you. When they start to see this faith, you don't have to do much. People just want, listen, whatever you got, I want it. Which, which, you know, me and my grandson, as we, you know, we've been up four in the morning working out. But I was telling them early this week, I said, listen. I said, respectfully, like, unless you're blind, you see God in our lives, me and your grandmother's life. He was like, what'd you say? For sure? What's your line? This line you've been saying all week. No doubt or something, man. Something, something in that category, right? Right? And, and so, so, so that's the thing. And, and that's, listen, they they haven't seen the half of what God has been doing in our lives, but what little they get to see, they see is something different. Man, they're not listening to us just because we're eloquent. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, nobody in this room, my grandchildren, my wife, nobody listening to Keith. Keith ain't worth listening to. But, but get Keith out of the way, yield to God is worth listening to. You see what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's like I work a lot, and I was, I, was telling them, I was telling my grandson this too. I was like, this stuff that people do, I just don't do. I can't do. Not because I think I'm better than them. I'm responsible. Like I'm responsible to yield to God and to hear from God. Like so I, I can't. It may be fun to them. We were talking about it in a, a, a Bible class last week. They can, I can't. I just can't do it. And, and the thing is, I get flack. You know, I'm, I'm about to go to New Jersey in a couple of weeks, and there's a lot of the stuff I just don't do. And the thought may be, man, who you think you are? Nobody? 
That's who I think I am. That's why I can't do it. <laughs> I can't handle it. And then I won't, I'll, 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 be, I'll be a nothing because the only thing that makes me anything is God. So I, I'm not doing nothing to, to take my communion with God. And so it's not about, you know, because we had these lines. I ain't killing nobody. Well, I hope that wasn't an option before we even had the conversation, but okay, you're not killing nobody. Was you supposed to be? Like we, 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 we go to these extremes. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Well, you probably don't realize how much is keeping you from communion with God and taking away your faith lenses. And so now that's affecting God drawing people in. We talked about this morning. Our bodies was designed to be used to assist God in this earth to make an impact, not just to get up every day and to, and to be caught up in keeping up with everybody else. Like we spend so much of our life trying to prove ourselves and keep up with everybody else. It's all about status. Okay, we got wonderful houses, but how often do people come see us? Very few people at all see my house. So if I got the house so everybody could think I'm sweet, well, ain't nobody going to find out because very few people even bother. Ain't no, very few people even want to drive out to Statesville for that matter. We got the house during COVID. We ain't had no house blessing or nothing. So if it's about status, okay, if you got a nice ride, what you going to do? Like when you leave the restaurant, stop, make sure everybody else comes out and sees you first. You ain't going to never get where you're going. You know, you be pulling out, like, oh, no, they go such and such. And just you go slow down a little bit. Hey, I'll see you later. Like, what are we doing? How often you going to wear the clothes? Get clothes. Get your car. Get your house. That wasn't my point. My point is it shouldn't be our significance. The Bible says God has given you richly all things to enjoy. Enjoy. But he didn't give it to you for your significance. Right? Your value. It's not your value. Because when it becomes your value, you got to keep getting stuff. And then you don't have time with God. Because you're caught up with keeping up. Me and my, my grandson was talking about that this week too. A lot of conversations driving from the gym. Right? I, so, so the scripture says this in Ephesians 6. It says, when you've done all you can do to stand, stand therefore. So that that faith is when we do all we can do to stand. Because to stand, I'm believing. I'm using a level of faith. But this faith is, is what I'm waiting on. I'm waiting for something to kick in that's beyond my ability, right? Beyond my ability, right? So, so, so the, uh, let me see, Exodus 14, 13, and 14, they were, uh, right, so obviously they left the, the uh, Egypt, right, and the Pharaoh, right? So children of Israel. So it takes a lot of faith to be going out in the wilderness, right, and leaving, even though you was being treated like slaves, but it takes a lot of faith to just go out. We don't know what's out there, you know, because remember, some of them was like, well, we, we, we ate better back in the wilderness when they couldn't, you know, when they had no fish or nothing to eat before they got the quail and when they had no water, right? All right, so now they get to, Pharaoh realizes, not only we let them leave, but we let them leave with all our jewels. If you go study it out, uh, they were instructed to ask the, the, uh, the people of Egyptians for all their jewelry. So they were so, it was so many plagues. They was like, here, 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 what you need here? Just take it. Like, so they gave them their stuff. So now they're thinking about, we let them leave. So our labor's gone. And
then we gave them our stuff. We done lost our minds. Let's go get them. So now Pharaoh's coming after them, chasing them. They're at the Red Sea. Pharaoh's behind them, a sea. We ain't talking a lake. We ain't talking about a pond. A sea is in front of them. There's nowhere to go. So your mind is thinking, I had that faith enough to get here. But Moses, you done lost your mind now. So either we, we get destroyed or we drown. But the same God that brought you out there, now it's time to make an exchange. Now it's time to have an enduring belief. Now it's time to cross over from that faith that had you leave to this faith that's going to help you to cross the Red Sea. Right? And, they, and so even with the Red Sea opening up, that don't mean people walking in. Because you know how we think, right? How long you think this thing going to hold, man? I don't know, man. Y'all go ahead, man. I, you know, suppose, that's how we do. God done brought us out here. Man, suppose the water collapse on us, man. Man, you crazy, man. I ain't going in there, man. Man, you know how far we got to go? You think this water going to hold up? Nah, 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 dude. I ain't going. No, it takes faith to step in that water and the cross, believing that the waters are going to stay until you get to the other side. They walked to the other side and the waters didn't collapse to the last person got over. Then the people that didn't have this faith, they tried to, they tried to make a move behind them. They drowned. See, that's the thing. When God tells you to do something, people could be trying to pursue you and try to sabotage it, but realize you're walking in this faith. When you're walking in this faith, you win. They drown trying to do the same thing you're doing. Because the people that are not living for God live in fear. They can't, it's going to kick in eventually. The devil's full of fear. He can't give it to you if you don't have it. That's why I said when he was tempting Jesus, he left them for a season. Right? Because when he, when he realizes, oh, this, dude, this dude know who he is. I, I can't fool with him. So I got, I got to come back when he's vulnerable. Because I don't have a heart to deal with somebody that believes. I repeat that. I don't have the heart to deal with somebody that believes. I don't have the heart to deal with somebody that believes. And, and Jesus just kept quoting God's word. I can't mess with nobody who believes God's word. I can only mess with the people that doubt in their mind. I can fool with that faith a little bit, but I can't mess with this faith. I can't mess with it. If you, if you study out this picture that you see right here, Jesus was praying. He had sent the disciples. He was like, let's go to the other side. They're in a boat out ahead. Told them, let's go to the other side. He gave them what? His word. They're in a boat, storms jumping around, as you see. God lets them know why he's praying. Your boy's out there tripping. He just walks out on the water. They never said, how am I going to get there? He just walks out on the water. And when they said, it's a ghost, he said, no, nah, it's just me. Then Peter said, whoa, you're walking on water. Now, I done seen you do some stuff. He said, okay, if it's you, bid me to come. On Christ's word, Peter walked out on that water. Storms started to hopping and jumping like when we walk in faith. Peter started to look at the storms, took his, eye, took his eyes off Jesus, and he started to sink. But he said something. 
Jesus, master. He grabbed his hand. The scripture says they walked back into the boat. So he walked on water twice. He used this faith twice. You see the difference? Right, so the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 2, 4, and 5. Please write it down. There's, you know, we can't even talk about faith without talking about the scripture. But it says, uh, he says, my preaching and teaching, Paul says, my preaching and teaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. Okay, so, so now listen. So that means there, man's wisdom can be enticing. Right. It can sound good, right? right. So it can, it, can, it can influence you a little bit. It says, he says, so my, my preaching and teaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, he said, but was in demonstration of power. It was in this faith. He said that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Your faith, this faith cannot stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So sometimes it's hard because we're looking for everything to line up. The Bible says, he that studies the wind shall not sow. They're looking for favorable conditions. That's the farmer that's saying, well, when the wind is right, I'll plant seeds. So we don't, we miss harvests because we don't plant seed because we're looking for the perfect conditions. Right? Right? But he says, but farmers don't do that. They, they just plant. And whatever catches, catches. But I'm not going to miss a harvest because I want every little seed to sprout. And I'm waiting for the perfect conditions so no wind don't blow it away. That's not how you operate, right? That's Ecclesiastes, right? Then I don't have the chapter and verse right now, but trust me, that scripture's in there. At least you know where to find it, right? All right, so just like with Abraham and Isaac, Abraham was believing for a son, right? Believing for a son. God says, give me your son as a sacrifice. So it takes a level of that faith to go up to the mountain for the sacrifice, right? But it takes a level of this faith to manifest a sacrifice. Because when the son said, so dad, um, the way this works is, we're going for a sacrifice, and there's normally some type of animal or something. Where the sacrifice? And he was like, God will provide. <laughs> you know, then they get up there, and if you study the scripture, it said he started to wrap up his son for the sacrifice. Now, I don't know about y'all, but if my daddy's taking me up to a mountain for a sacrifice, he's tying me up like he's tied up the sacrifice. I'm, what you going to do, Isaac? Y'all know Isaac. Well, I, you think Isaac's going to be like, nah, just tie it a little tighter. Get me on the ankles. Get the ankles, man. Now, yeah, that might not be good enough. Now, you know you got to lay me down, so just get that right. Isaac ain't doing that. He probably won't be able to wrap him up. Man, man, get that rope off me, man. Get that rope off me. Right? That's Isaac, right? Yo, yo, why, 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 come on, Dad. What you doing, man? You lost your mind. What you say? Stop playing. You lost your mind, man? You said you were believing for me. You lied. Right? That's what we're doing, right? But it said Isaac was like, with, with Nala, Isaac was smooth. 
Isaac really was. Like, come on, man, get, get, that, get that knot in there. Yeah, do that military knot. All right, we good. So Isaac had to operate in the level of this faith too to allow his dad to tie him up. And it said when he was about to cut him, there, there was a shaking. <laughs> there was a ram in a bush. God provided, right? So it takes this faith to produce that. Scripture says this in first, let's go to first Peter 1. First Peter 1. And, and I think, not I think, uh, God just wants us to, you know, I, I taught a message in uh, Wadesboro. Um, was that Wadesboro or Columbus? Oh, Columbus was uh, Faith Comeback Player of the Year. So, Wadesboro was the return of faith, right? And, but I know God wants us to return to faith, whether he's comeback player or not. Like, this whole life is about faith, y'all. The reason why we're weighed down is because we forgot about faith. We're kind of like them on the boat. They was like, Master, don't you care that we perish? We're saying that every day when we get up in prayer. Don't you care that, that this, I got this debt? Don't you care I'm going through this? Don't you care we arguing? Don't you care that, that I'm alone? Do you care? Like, we're going through this every day, and you know what? God, God's responding like he did on the boat. Where is your faith? How is it that you have no faith? I gave everyone the measure of faith. Some of the things you're, 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 you're up in arms about, your faith could take care of that. I mean, if you're going to call on me, call on me for something that your faith can't produce. But you're calling on me for things that you're supposed to be able to navigate through. But you're, you're magnifying the false evidence appearing real as opposed to putting on your this faith lenses and seeing way past that stuff. So we have to return to faith. Like churches around the country have forgot about faith. Around the country, it's ritual, it's tradition, it's protocol, but no faith. And if there's no faith, there's no God. That's not my opinion. Hebrews 11, 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Let's go there. I know I said 1 Peter 1, 9, we'll come back there. Let's go to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. Don't the scripture tell us to walk by and not by sight? I know I'm jumping ahead. That is in my notes. I was just in Hebrews. Where is it at? Okay. Hebrews 11. Verse 6. Hebrews 11, 6 says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. So God's not real without faith. God's uh, a fairy tale. He's a fantasy. 
a, fan, a, a fantasy. He's a figment of our imagination. He's a consideration, right, if we're not looking through faith lenses. I guarantee you we're going to hustle more if God's not real in our life because we won't be able to see God. We, we won't be not believing for anything. And I'm not saying this because I'm, I'm a preacher up here. We're going to go to First Peter 1 Peter 1.9. I'm saying this because this is how we've been living for the longest. I mean, we work for a church um, as we believe God, as we uh, purchase our, well, we purchase two homes and some other stuff. I wasn't making no money. I, I never made more than 36000 at that church. I worked at that church for 12 years. Hopefully nobody's offended because I said what I made. Um, but it's true. I didn't, I'm not lying. <laughs> you know, I worked at church for 12 years. Uh, we went there for 18 years. We believed God for everything we got. We moved here. You start in the church, nobody knows you. Two people. My first salary was 300 a month. Second, 600 a month. Third was 1200 a month, went to an accountant to make sure we were in line with how things are supposed to go. And she says, uh, I said, well, uh, my housing allowance is 600 My uh, salary was 600 She said, you don't have a salary. I said, what are you talking about? She says, your monthly allotment is less than your bills. That's your whole thing is your housing allowance. Like, what are you doing? But at the other church, you could only uh, use half of it. But God breathed. Like we had five tithers for probably, the church is what, 12 years old? We had five tithers for probably what, at least six years, seven, six, five. We moved from dance studio to a, a building, lease option to buy, to over there uh, at the shopping center to this 21 acres. Right? How do you do that? And, and then they sold us this building for uh, 350000 We owe 245000 for the, the two buildings and the 21 acres. That, that, that's got to be God. And we still make peanuts. So we're, we're, we're believing God too. When we left Columbus, Ohio, if we'd have sold our house, we'd have made no money. That house, y'all were staying in. No money. Because we looked at it. I looked at it. I said, babe, I said, yeah, even if we sell it, you know, we may. Slight chance break even. We might owe. So we left, leave the house. Uh, our grandchildren, our, our son and grandchildren stayed in it. You know, they, they eventually moved out. We forgot, you know, just forgot about the house, trying to get up with my son to buy it. Somebody comes in town. That's how God works and says, man, we... we they're bidding for houses in Columbus, Ohio. I was like, Columbus, where we came from? And, with, and where they live, we lived in a suburb. They lived in a different place. They said, yeah, they, they bidding for houses. Y'all house? They love y'all house. I looked it up, and the, the equity had shot up to the, out of the roof. I was like, what in the world? So long story short, we sold the house, paid off the rest of our debt, uh, bought a debt-free car, uh, was able to furnish our house. But that was God. Because we wouldn't have been able to do it based on our salary. You, you know what I'm saying? Like God has just been, God does stuff. We're, we have to, by, we have to, by faith now, 
you, people been hot over the fellowship hall. We got to change the whole uh, uh, air conditioning unit like we did over here. So they told us it's a smaller unit, but it actually cost $200 more. This one cost 10700 That cost 10900 We have already started the process to make sure we put more bathrooms downstairs because sometimes it's, it's people waiting in line over there. So that's already been in motion. We got to believe God. It ain't our church. It's God's church. You see what I'm saying? Like, so I'm not just telling you this, like, y'all need to walk by faith. Y'all up in here, you know. You know, I, I've arrived, you know. Y'all need to get what, no, 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 no. We need to operate in this faith. And everything we do has been that way. That's all right now. That's our default. That's all we know. No matter what the situation is, that's all we know. And so this is what we're trying to afford for everybody to cross over into the faith life and to take a whole lot off of you. You can spend more time with the family. Because now it's not on your time. It's on God's time. Now it's not on your hustle and your networking. It's on God's leading. You see the difference? Some of us ain't got no time with family because we're operating in that faith and not this faith. I'm not putting nobody down. I did it. I worked 20 hours a day. And I had to make a choice. I couldn't keep doing that. And a friend of mine came to me and said, man, you can work eight hours, eight hours of overtime, make this amount of money, this, these hundreds. He said, you can spend eight hours with God, get an idea for millions. I asked my sister-in-law, could I have, because well, I ain't had no place to spend time with God. Could I, <laughs> could, I, could I use her house while they was at work? I spent eight hours with God that day. Never did it before in my life. Got all these different uh, insights and ideas. Then God said, how long are you going to keep doing this, working this overtime? He said, could you do it another, what he said was, could you do it another year? Well, I never was saying I, I could or couldn't. I just, you know how you think you got a time? Like you say, I'm going to do this till this time. But it's never really written down nowhere. So when he asked me, I was like, well, no, nah, I can't do this another year, if I'm honest. Now, I wasn't saying I wasn't going to do it. I was just saying, Lord, if I have to answer you honestly, No. He said, then he went from a year to a month. Can you do it another month? I said, if I'm honest with you, no. Can you do it another week? I said, if I'm going to be honest, no. No one ever asked. And I wasn't going to ask myself because what? I'm on the grind, right? And he said, Keith, do me a favor. Take two weeks, no overtime. I was the guy at the job where they didn't even ask. Keith, I got you down, man. Got you down for the second shift, man. Got you down. I was like, cool. So I, so I had a relationship, you know. They would just come by, Keith, hey, hey, we're going to need you tonight. No problem. All right, cool. Now I'm going, no, nah, I'm not going to be able to do that. And then they would, they would come by, like, Keith, we got you, right? I was like, no, nah, I'm, not, I'm not doing it. I can't, I can't do overtime. One time, because they had to mandate you sometimes, they mandated me three times in one week. I said, my son had a game. And I had started to trust God. I said, I'll tell you what, y'all do what y'all got to do, I'll do what I got to do. I said, but this is the third time this week. These guys, duty officers around here, you might want to get them. I said, but good, y'all do what y'all want to do, but I'm not working overtime. Now, I was kind of a valuable person, so they found somebody else to do it. But 
I never, I never did it again unless I had to from that day. Miraculously, God took care of our bills. He took care of everything. Had more time with my wife. Had more time with my son. Had more. I was at the house one time, and my son was standing there. And uh, I was like, why is he just standing there? I was like, what do you want? He said, Dad, could you help me with my homework? It was math. So, so I helped him with his homework. I drove to work the next day. God said, I wonder what else you're missing. So what I did was I went to the school because now I'm not doing overtime. I sat in this class because, you know, I'm not up on the math like everybody else. You know, I mean, even though I, I, I was a math guy, the math is new. So I sat in the class, asked the teacher to sit in the class so I can learn what they were learning. And then when we got home, I taught, taught them what the math was. His grades, his grades went up. All because I trusted God not to spend all my time out there. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, I know it's hard because it's our default. But that's what we're talking about, the difference between that faith and this faith. Does that make sense? All right. Uh, first, you might not want to hear that, you know, because letting go is hard, ain't it? Yeah, it's just letting go, right? Like, because you think you're going to lose something, right? First uh, Peter 1.9. We only got a few minutes left. I'm, I'm on my time. First uh, Peter 1.9, it says, uh, it talks about receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. So receiving the, the outcome or the consummation of your faith, even the salvation in your souls. See, when we cross over to salvation, salvation means wholeness. That's the life in the kingdom that we can't see without faith. It covers every aspect of our life. When we don't have faith, we take care of an aspect. So we may, we may keep the heat on, but we ain't doing nothing else. Right? Nobody else is, is, all the other aspects is not covered. Our health is not covered. Our family exchange is not covered. But we keep the heat on. Salvation covers our resources, our bills, our family, uh, uh, our gifting. It covers everything. Salvation means wholeness. It's not just deliverance from the burning fire. It's from the Greek word sozo. It means wholeness, every aspect of your life. So we cheat wholeness just to have one aspect that we can feel significant with, right? That's what this faith is for. So, so this faith is blind to circumstances or worst-case scenarios. This faith don't even see worst-case scenarios because it's moving towards what's going on, right? See, this faith in the earth realm sees what's really available in the spirit realm already manifested. So this faith puts on lenses and sees something that's not existing as if it's already manifested. And so believes what other people can't see. And people look at you like, like when we were coming here, we saw everything that's going on. But other people around us like, you done lost your mind. But we seeing something different because we're operating in this faith. So this faith is that exchange, that title deed that Hebrews 11.1 is talking about, right? This faith sees it finished. The Bible says in Genesis 1.1, it opens up with, and God was finished with the heavens and earth and all the hosts of them. Then we see all the detail. Genesis 2.1 says, I'm sorry, Genesis 1.1, it says, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Genesis 2.1 says, God is finished with the heavens and earth and all the hosts of them, right? He's, it's, he's, this faith sees it finished. When, when the Bible says fight the good fight of faith, the good fight. 
So it's a bad fight of faith. That's just staying stuck in that faith. The good fight is crossing over into this faith, right? See, because this faith lays hold on eternal life. It lays hold on the unseen realm. And so when circumstances come, my wife used to ask for stuff, and I used to have her walking on eggshells. I didn't realize it. And then one day she was like coming to me, but it was kind of like, okay, how am I going to ask him this question? I was like, what's going on? She says, well, I feel like I got to walk on eggshells to ask you for anything. You know, because I, I mean, I, was, I grew up different. So she would ask for stockings. I figured, you know, we change our socks, change the stockings. You know, I, I'm, I'm not a woman, you know, so I'm like, rotate them things. We just be, we wear the, you know, we wear the socks that they have holes in them, you know. Was, you know, and then it was like, didn't you get your hair done last week? Can't you do it yourself? But, but I, I wasn't looking at a, a woman that's designed to be adorned a certain way. And so when I went to God to pray, God said, your problem is you keep making decisions for what you have. I need you to start making decisions based on what I have. He says, I told you I have all, all I, I said you have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, Ephesians 1.3. I told you to pray for it to be on earth as it is in heaven. So I, I need you to manifest what I have, the treasures in, in, in the heaven realm to manifest in the earth realm. So I changed my whole flow. She started asking me stuff. I, 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 I would, if, I, if we had it, I would say yes. If we didn't have it, I would say, I would say well, we could do it in two weeks. If I didn't see it, I'd say, let's pray about it. And God starts supernaturally manifesting everything she desired. Does it to this day. Like, she's just beginning stuff. Like, you know, she was asking for wardrobe. I said, you just got a wardrobe. But I was like, okay, let's just pray about it. And God will have somebody give her a wardrobe. Now, I'm not talking about a regular, I'm talking about Neiman Market, whatever. Just like, uh, this one lady, she was working at a job. She came and she said, these, these ladies don't, don't like uh, wearing uh, the stuff that, that I, you know, that I try to give them. You mind if I just bring you some stuff? I said, out of nowhere. She was working at a title company. This lady bought her boxes, blouses t- with tags on them. If we would have went on a shopping spree, we wouldn't have got that many things, and we definitely wouldn't have got that quality. But just, this was right after we prayed. And it just kept happening. And it happens to this day. You know, why? Because now we're playing off of what God has, not what we have. And that's the thing. But it takes faith to do that. I'm not, you know, that's why the Bible says walk by faith and not by sight. Sight shows you the limits that's already manifested. Walking by faith shows you the unlimited resources that God has for you. He says, I'll do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. He said that David said, my cup runneth over. It's now unto him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. So we got to see outside of our controls. That's why I know people that save up forever. A tragedy happens, they lose everything. Because they were dependent on what they had, not what God had, right? They wasn't trusting God. They wasn't keeping seed sowing. They was just trying to, like, remember the guy built the barns? He says, I got all this seed. He says, I'm going to build extra barns to store my seed. And I'm going to sit back and say, look at what I got. He says, that man is in trouble because when a crisis comes and wipe out his barns, he'll have nothing. Because the seed has no value unless it's sown. All you got is a seed, right? I I, want to... See, that faith is how we navigate through our earthly life, but this faith is how we lay, lay hold on eternal life. But I want to read this by F.F. Bosworth. We got a minute left, right? 
He says this, until God's promises are each a revelation of what God is eager to do for us, until we know what God's will is, there is nothing on which to base our faith, right? So, so if we don't really get into God's word, that's why faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by understanding, understanding the word of God. We don't get into the word of God. Let it flush out that worst case scenarios, that negative, that faith and, and flush to the surface this faith. What do, all we have is the circumstances to magnify. That's all we'll have. That, and then all we'll have is stress. All, and then when we're stressed, we'll need vices to combat the stress. Not because we're evil people. Because it's, it's, it's a, a domino effect. Weigh you down, get you stressed. You try to figure some way of compensating from the stress, so you take on vices that tear your body up even more and create even more stress. That, that's the prelude to torment. It's early torment. Right? And so, so, so God is saying, hey, if you put on the, this, this faith lenses, you're going to see things differently. So now you'll make moves regardless of the circumstances. You'll believe beyond the weight of things that's happening to you. Does that make sense? Right, so, so again, not, not, not trying to uh, uh, condemn anybody. It is a challenge, but all you got to do is take, you have, it says uh, if you have faith as a, uh, the measure of a mustard seed. So you got enough little faith, yes, you can increase it. You can make it greater. You can go from that faith to this faith. But you got enough faith to make some faith moves, right? You believe beyond your control. Maybe take, take a day a week. If you work overtime every day, just, just tie the day a week and say, hey, I ain't doing no overtime. Mondays, I don't do no overtime. See how it take. Or go like a whole pay period and do no overtime. Like, trust God for just one, one pay period. Listen, you say, I can't do that. Well, you've done that when you worked all the overtime and, 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 this, and, and the, this big bill came up. You had an accident and you had to spend all that money. You might as well not work overtime for two weeks. Right? So try it. Like, 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 like place a demand on the faith that you have. Just that, look, see, some of y'all looking like that is not possible. Two whole weeks, no overtime. But that's saying something. You're not really earning your worth. You're overworking for what they're giving you. So you're working harder than what they're paying you. If you can't take two weeks off, I didn't say don't go to work for two weeks. I said two weeks of overtime. And some of y'all felt it on the inside like that, man, please. This guy, this preacher done lost his mind. You going to pay my bills? No, God is. <laughs> all right, stand on your feet. That's all. I'm at the zero, so stand on your feet. 